Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. I want to tell you that, that I really feel, and, I, and I, I think that a lot of you who are listening right now probably would say the same thing. I feel like we've entered into a season shift in the kingdom as a church and just as just in what God's doing kingdom wide. I, I believe that we're in a season shift. Obviously, um, the world is in its own shift. It's, it's like we're into we've entered into a new epic season in the world. But I believe that we're entering into a new epic season in the church as well. Um, I love that Jessica uh, just mentioned that we that we as a church have a core value uh, that says that says his kingdom is advancing, and and I love that she was just mentioning that um, that it doesn't matter what's going on in the world around us, it doesn't stop what God's doing. Like even with the Nehemiah project, like why would this be the time of all times to try to do a fundraiser? Like like logically, it doesn't make sense, but God is not logical according to human standards, all right? His ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than ours. And he knows what he's doing. And it, we just don't want to, we don't want to subscribe to the idea that things are only getting worse. We want to subscribe to the idea that we're part of a superior kingdom that is not uh, limited to and subject to the, what's going on in the world, all right? And, I, and that's what I really want to go after today. I want to I want to stimulate hope and faith and and for some I feel like that it might be an opportunity for a, a spiritual chiropractic adjustment a realignment of beliefs of focal points um, because you know like you watch the news you look at social media it doesn't take you but but a minute to get discouraged and it doesn't take you but a minute. Uh, to, to have the opportunity to get distra- uh, distressed and depressed and, you know, probably hopeless. Um, there's news that's circulating that's going around. There's fake news. That even if you love your certain news source, like the, even if you subscribe to a news source that you believe is not fake news, it's probably not good news, mostly, right? And, and there's conspiracy theories going around and I, I mean those things there's interest in them at times or whatever it's it's interesting to know what's going on and stuff but but and, and then there's prophecies like there i've been hearing of different prophecies that are circulating around and i'll tell you like the the more intense they sound the more views they get and why is that it's the same reason why the news stations only focus on negative things because they know that that stimulates and piques interest and you know I, I just want to challenge this today. I, I'm not saying that, uh, that we shouldn't be aware of what's going on around us. Like, yeah, but, but, but in moderation and in its right place. That should not be what we're anchoring ourselves to, okay? There's so many different things that, that we're being talked to about. And there's so much noise in the environment. And it's just wild. The, the time that we're in right now, like... When we were in the COVID quarantine doing these videos a few months ago, we were talking about this. There, we're in an epic season change. There, there's a there's a shift, um, and we need to catalambano the kingdom. We need to capture the Kairos moment and all that stuff. And, and but but since that time, like things have gotten worse in the world. The riots, the the uh, the the murder of you know. The George Floyd happened and, and the riots and um, just all kinds of movements. And there's so much anger and offense and people like polarizations have increased. And it's just been it's been wild, guys. But we get to determine as Christians, as sons and daughters of God, we get to determine where are we going to feast our attention from? Okay. What are we going to allow to be the things that influence what we're believing, what we're feeling, how we're planning our lives, how we're positioning ourselves? No matter where you're feasting from, it's going to it's going to be influential 
to your inner world. Okay? And, and whatever you're feasting on, whether it's news, whether it's social media, conspiracy theories, um, George Lopez, <laughs> I, I watched that show on TV. It doesn't matter. I, I'm just, Seth's looking at me like, what in the world did he say that? It's just because I watched that show recently. It's kind of funny, but it's like whatever you're spending your time with, if you're, if you're feasting on things, like it's going to influence your heart in one way or another. And Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There's so much influence. There's so much stuff pulling the body of Christ, the Christians, into, a, into, the, into focusing on things that are subject to the, to the hovering second heaven realm where the spirit of the world rules from. So much going on in this world. It's influenced by that realm. And if we're not careful, we will, we will be renewing our mind in a not a good way. Like, we, like a lot of people, maybe we're walking well with Christ and then all this stuff happens and people are getting consumed by, by the, er, the crisis of the world right now and have kind of lost touch with that abiding, thriving love-filled union connection with Christ because we're getting, or getting caught up in all this stuff. So what that does is it renews the mind away from the truth into the facts of the world. Truth is superior to facts, by the way. But this, Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to the world. So we got to make a decision. Are we going to allow all the stuff that's going on in the world around us to be what we're feasting on? Or are we going to choose to elevate ourselves above those things and, and enter into the, the kingdom reality that Ephesians 2.6 says that we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Feast from that reality. Because John 15, Jesus says, you abide in the vine and my words abide in you and you will bear much fruit. And like we have... We have the permission and the invitation and full access to, to steward and cultivate intimacy with God and stay connected there and, and let that be where we're drawing our nutrients from, where we're feasting from. We can feast on Christ and let that come out of our lives by fruit in this world around us. Okay? So we have the opportunity. Um. I'm getting ready to say something that I don't know how everybody will take this, but I, I just f- kind of feel like I need to speak to it. Um, I, I, love, I love the gift of prophecy. I love prophetic ministry. It's a new covenant right now reality in the kingdom of God. Prophecy. It's a powerful and important gift. And there, there's so many different prophets and prophetic voices, prophetic ministries. And, you know, it's kind of crazy, especially if you are trying to listen to all of them. Like, you're probably going to get a real mixed bag of information. Yeah. And, and uh, here's the thing. I, I, I think that we need to be selective with what we're feasting on, even when it comes to ministries, even when it comes to prophetic ministries. Um, I don't, I don't personally subscribe to every prophetic voice out there, and it doesn't mean that, that they're not real or right or anything, um, but, but I've got to stay focused on what my mission is. I've got I to gotta keep feeding my spirit, my soul, on the things that are helping propel me towards what I'm called to. And, and you know, Overflow Church is, we're, we're connected with a tribe, you know, the Bethel tribe. We're connected with a family, not just Bethel, but other ministries that are going after the same thing. And I, I want to feed myself with words that are, that are keeping us in that river. That's not, that's not dipping here, dipping there, dipping there and going nowhere, but connected all. I want to be going somewhere. I want to keep moving forward. And so 
Um, I, I don't know if everybody is aware of this, and I, I don't have time to go deeply in this in a teaching right now, but people who prophesy, uh, we all can prophesy if we have Christ according to 1 Corinthians 14, and, and we all need it. We need that gift, um, but it's not the primary thing in our lives. The primary thing is are we staying yoked to Jesus keeping that intimate union with Him and living in truth. And the Word of God and the, the truth of God through Scriptures needs to always be superior to anything that, that somebody's speaking prophetically or, or, or yourself. If you feel like you're hearing something prophetically, like, like let's grow in that, but let it never get in the way of Scripture, okay? And so one thing I want to say is, is we're all humans, Every single prophetic person is still a human being who's not perfect. And, and it says in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, right? It's sandwiched right between the, the chapter 12, the gifts of spirit, chapter 14, the prophecy chapter, right in the middle, the love chapter. And, in, and that's central to everything. And so in that chapter, chapter 13, it says that we know in part and we prophesy in part, which means that we don't know all and we're probably not going to be able to prophesy all and always 100% accurate every time. Chapter 14 teaches us that, that we're supposed to judge the prophetic word. We're not judging the person. That was old covenant. Jesus took care of that problem. We don't judge the person anymore. We judge the Word. And the reason we need to judge the Word is because we're still humans who might miss it here and there. And that should give us tons of grace to not have the pressure to, to always have to try to prove ourselves when we prophesy. Like, it's okay if a person misses it here and there. Well, I have news for you. There are prophetic voices that are big and large who still might miss it sometimes. Selah. Okay? It is possible as a human who is in Christ to not be 100% synced up with truth in everything we say and, and what we are syncing up with if we prophesy while we're connected to that thing, we might say things that could have some truth in it but might actually be influenced from the wrong place. All right. And and as I've taught many times on the earth, we consider this the first heaven realm. And then there's a second heaven realm. And that's where the prince of the power of the air is. That's where the principalities, the powers and dominions, they dwell there. Right. That's where Satan and his kingdom lives and tries to rule this world from. He's the he's the God of this world. Lowercase g. Obviously, our God is the God of everything. Um, but, but what I'm trying to say, and then, and then superior to that is a realm that's not influenced or, or it's not tainted by that second realm. It's completely holy, separate, pure. It's, it's God's realm, the third heaven. It's where God sits. And that's where we're seated from when we choose to live from that place of that abiding and truth reality, okay? That's where our spirits have access to God. We can bypass that whole second heaven realm. But the reason I'm saying all these things is because if we're not careful and we're, we're keeping our minds on the earthly things or we're, we're hanging... We, it's possible for people spiritually to to be elevated above the first realm, which is this natural realm we're in, and, and kind of function from that second heaven realm. There's the angels there too. They, they pass through that realm to get to the earth. So there's good and bad in that realm. But the problem is that sometimes people are prophesying from that place and not realizing that they need to be ascended into the place where God is that's not tainted by those things. And... And, and we can actually carry lenses that we're speaking from. And, you know, I, I think that there's, there are prophetic voices that are probably truly prophetic people, probably speaking truth and stuff, um, declaring things. Some of it's probably amazing and powerful, but, 
But we all can be influenced from that realm because the enemy tries to confuse and he tries to influence our thoughts. Anybody hearing me right now? I know I'm saying some stuff that is a little awkward maybe, but that's all right. God never was worried about awkward, okay? As long as we get through it. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. We are going to declare according to what we behold. If we're looking into the face of Christ and we're letting Him release to us by the Spirit and by the Word, pure truth of His kingdom, we're going to declare from that place. If we're focused on, the, on spiritual warfare all the time, guess what we're going to be prophesying? From and about. Second heaven activity. We're going to be, going to be releasing that kind of stuff. Okay? If we're, if we're focusing on the, the doom and gloom of this world, guess what we're going to prophesy from, from the place that we're beholding, okay? We, people prophesy, uh, for, it's from the Spirit, but, but it passes through the lenses that we have. It passes through even our theologies that we carry. And I, I'm sorry to say, not every theology really is, is linked deeply with the New Covenant Good news of, of the gospel of the kingdom. So my point in all that stuff is to say that, that not everything that's being spoken necessarily needs to be the thing that we're feasting on as ultimate truth, okay? Now, I'm not saying that, they should, that we shouldn't hear that stuff. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be factored into the equation of how we're evaluating life on this earth. But we just need to be careful where we're drawing our deep wells from, all right? Being, being prophetic doesn't make it everything that's prophetically spoken accurate all the time. Just as the same as doesn't mean that missing it at times doesn't mean that somebody's not prophetic. It's just we're humans doing supernatural things, and, and we probably usually get it right when we're flowing with the Holy Ghost, but we can get in the way sometimes. That's all I'm trying to say about that. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So where you're feasting from is what's going to come out of you. So there's a lot of people who are prophetic voices who spend the majority of their kingdom focus on end times theology and is focused on, well, Jesus is going to come back soon and the Antichrist is is alive and well on the earth right now. And and we're just waiting to see who it's going to be. And, uh, and, And just things like that. And it's like, Man, if we're focusing only on that kind of stuff, where's the hope? Come on. Where's the hope? And, like, it doesn't mean that we don't need to pre- prepare ourselves for natural things that could maybe come. We don't know if it's happen- what's going to happen, but, I mean, Joseph in, in, Ex- or in Genesis prophetically knew a famine was coming and so so they they stocked up the goods for so many years so that it'd get them through so many years there's no problem with that so you know people it's wise to have an emergency savings account and what's that for that's to have yourself prepared if a bad time comes so it's there's nothing wrong with preparing ahead of time for bad times all right uh, we have insurance for that reason. You, you just want to be ready if something happens. It's wisdom. As long as we're not doing it from a place of fear, stress, and anxiety. All right? We don't want to dwell. We don't want to submit ourselves to the fear of why we might need that insurance. We just, it's like a side note. Like, oh yeah, I got insurance over there, but I'm living under this kingdom reality. All right? So... Right now, people are stockpiling. I don't know if you knew that or not. You guys remember the good old days when you couldn't buy toilet paper? Ha ha. That was the weirdest phenomenon. That was more weird than COVID and riots. That, like, you couldn't buy toilet paper. Well, you, I mean, the COVID, is, it's, it's more, of a, more of a breathing thing than from that side of it. I don't understand that. But, but now people are stockpiling canned goods, I heard. I heard it's hard. You can't even buy... Um, deep freezers right now in some places, guns and ammo, like people are are buying all that stuff out. And what the heck, Dr. Pepper? I mean, come on. (laughs) That's not even cool, guys, taking all the Dr. Pepper. But I I just want to say, like, I'm I'm not saying, like, 
I'm not like talking against anybody who's prophesying those things. I'm just saying like if if you're listening to prophetic words that are stimulating fear and hopelessness, you're not hearing the full message of what God's saying. And I think a lot of people prophesy they they capitalize on the 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 bad and they they don't maybe even know the part of God about the good news, okay? And, and that's what I want to try to bring us. I want to, I want to just help us recalibrate in case we're getting caught up with all the buzz of things. Um, the, the, the God is still speaking the same narrative that he's already been speaking. He hasn't shifted um, his, his word. He hasn't shifted his will. He hasn't shifted what he's doing. And by the way, let me just say... That it doesn't matter what's going on with current affairs in this world. It has not disrupted the kingdom of God. That's good news. God, God's kingdom does not sway. It doesn't stop. It doesn't, it doesn't look both ways. <laughs> it just keeps moving forward. And, and God's not listening to CNN or Fox News or whoever whoever you might like he's not listening to that to make decisions on what he's doing he's already pre-planned what he's done he set in motion at the cross and the resurrection and he's still releasing the kingdom of god in our midst and i want to help us to elevate our thinking above this earth realm above the second heaven realm and let's lock in with what god's kingdom is in heaven because he has promised us that we're going to bring His kingdom to this earth. Come on. Which is good. It's, it's, not, it's not wrath. It's not judgment. That's not, that's not the good news of the kingdom. It's, it's that Jesus is bringing His kingdom. He's bringing the blessing of heaven into our midst. Amen? Um, there, there's a, there is a, a prophetic word uh, the, of dreams that is going around. It's so popular. It has millions of views on it. I'm sure some of you have seen it. I'm not going to say anything about who it is or whatever, but I'm not, and I'm not even saying that there's not truth in it. But what I want to say is by the time I was done, I didn't feel hope. It actually made me feel a little worried. It, it made me feel just a little bit dumpy about what's to come in this world. And I, I had to spend a ne- the next day just evaluating my heart and, and what I believe. I'm not judging that guy. I'm not judging that even everything he said is false or anything like that. I'm just saying that it's not the full message. If it leaves you hopeless, it's not the full message. All right? We need to ter- determine where we're going to anchor our faith to. The world's news or the good news. You guys doing all right? Sure. Romans says that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And, and, it also, and, and I just want you to think about that. Faith comes by hearing. What are we listening to? What are we listening to? Because whatever we're listening to is what's renewing our minds. And, and we need to make sure that we are listening to the word of God more than we're listening to the chatter of this world. All right. Um, I want to say this again, the the core value that we have, his kingdom is advancing, hasn't stopped. All right. 2020 is not a year where the kingdom of God came to a halt. It's not a year that God didn't come through. It's not a year that we need to look back on in the future and say, well, I wish we could erase that year. Like, yeah, there are some things about it, but... We need to remember the promises of God because he's not shaken by this. And, and it's just a matter of what are we setting our attention to. And it says in Colossians 3, set your mind on things above, not the things of this earth. So when we focus our attention on the things of this earth, we get subdued by that. But God is actually, by inheritance as his children he's given us what he gave adam and eve at the very beginning that we're supposed to be the ones who subdue the earth (laughs) come on jesus taught us to pray that his kingdom would come his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven he's given us the great commission to expand his kingdom everywhere we go 
And, you know, uh, there's an old song that we used to sing at my old church. Whose report will you believe? And then it, and then it responds, we will believe the report of the Lord. And I, I want us to be people who are, who are focusing on the promises of God and the Word of God and, and not letting the news impact what we're believing, what we're feeling, how we're making our decisions. Does that make sense to you guys? In Matthew 24, I want to read through a few passages here. Matthew 24 um, is, is an end-time favorite for people. And, uh, and, and so his disciples are asking him, I'm gonna, in verse 3, they're asking him, uh, what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? And in verse 4, he starts, he starts sharing a whole bunch of thoughts here. He says, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. I want to stop right there to say this. The Greek text that was written did not have quotation marks in it. And so someone who wrote this in English figured that 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 part that says that people will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. They assumed that that people are going around saying, um, my Siri just thought I said said Siri when I said assumed. I thought I was going to do it again. That's so distracting, Siri. All right. Anyway, the, the writer, the, the translators of this assumed that, that Jesus is quoting what people are going to say. I am the Christ. But those quotes were not actually there. So that might be what he meant, but it could, and I believe probably, means that many are going to come in my name saying, I'm the Christ, like declaring that he is the Christ. All right. Without the quotes, it's not the person deceiving, saying, I am the Christ, like I'm an antichrist. It's like it's like, no, it's more like saying that they're declaring that Jesus is the Christ. That's very likely what he's actually saying in that. All right. So many will come in my name saying I am the Christ and will deceive many. All right. I want to say we're in a time right now when many people are declaring that Jesus is the Christ and they're deceiving many people, turning them away from hope in the kingdom of God. I'm not connecting that to the prophetic things I was saying. By the way, I just need to say that because I don't want you to think that's what I'm saying about any people. I'm just saying more in a general sense, that's happening by and large. People are, are saying, I, yeah, I'm a Christian and I'm, I'm saved. I believe Jesus is the Christ. And, but then they're teaching people, but there's no hell. Or not everything in the Bible is, is actually God's inspired word. Or, or just different things that it's like, it's causing people to be deceived into a belief system that's not anchored on the rock of Christ. All right. So that's happening all over the place. He continues and says, and you will hear of wars, rumors of wars that you are not. He said, see that you are not troubled. And I want to release that over us right now. All the things that you see in the world around you, see that you are not troubled or put in fear. All right. Jesus does not say these things to try to induce fear into us. And and we can't let ourselves go to that place. All right. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is still not yet. All right. So guess what? The end is not here yet. Maybe that's good news. I think it is. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences and earthquakes and various places. Well, we've been seeing some of that happen, haven't we? Okay, the Word is speaking. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Now this next verse is some end times people's favorite verse here in this passage. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe it won't. Maybe that's for us. Maybe that's for written to another culture. Some people believe this passage actually was Jesus giving them kind of some generalities that was going to happen, but some of it was specific to the first century church. I don't know. I don't know. I don't need to know because all I need to know is that I'm moving forward with my kingdom assignment. All right. But listen, I want you to continue with me. Verse 10, he says, then many will be offended. Well, that seems to be kind of the theme of 2020, at least in America. People being offended about something more than ever. They will betray one another. We're seeing a lot of betrayal happen. 
Many will hate one another. We're seeing a lot of that right now. Not good. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. So I just want you to hear this real quick. I'm going to, oh, one more verse, verse 12. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. We're seeing crazy acceptance of lawlessness in our nation right now. It's whack. It's not right, guys. It's, it's rebellion, which is the what rebellion, it says in the Bible, is as the sin of witchcraft. So rebellion, not a good thing. Anarchy, not a good thing. All right? But, but I want to say verses 4 through 12 that I just read are all things that are happening on the earth realm, influenced by that second level, second realm, second heaven, the principalities of the air are the ones who are causing all that stuff to happen, all right? We get to make a decision, guys. Do we want to sub- be subdued, submit ourselves, come under verses 4 through 12 as our focus and as the thing that we're going to be putting all our emphasis on? Or do we want to accept his invitation into verse 13 and 14, which is actually it's, it's being removed from all the things that are happening and through those other verses we get a we get a live and feast from these next verses that says but he who endures till the end shall be saved all right now it's not, that doesn't mean that you're going to be saved because you worked hard enough to get through this stuff that your works saved you i'm not i'm not saying that but he's just saying that if you can keep yourself connected to Christ no matter what comes against you and you don't become one of those people that waver and get deceived and leave the faith, all right? If you, if you retain that connection with truth and with heaven all the way to the end, you're going you're gonna to keep the salvation that you've already had. doesn't mean you've earned it. It just means that you have protected that connection. Does that make sense? And verse 14, this is the good news of that horrible passage I just read. There's good news in this. And let me say, we've got to be looking for things of hope or it's going to all just be gloom and doom. Verse 14, and this gospel, what does gospel mean, guys? What is gospel? Good news. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. That's amazing because despite the horrible stuff that goes around the world, if we can live in the, from the kingdom that's not coming, that's not succumbing to that stuff, we stay locked with Jesus. We stay anchored in Him. We stay moving forward on our mission that Christ has given us. We don't let go. We don't waver. We don't give in to the deceptions and the, and the offenses and, and the lawlessness, all that stuff. We stay connected to the vine the whole time. It says that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. That is good news. And it doesn't mean that it's a, a passive stance like, oh yeah, that's going to be great. Other people are going to go and they're going to preach the gospel and we're just going to try to endure through this so that somebody else is going and doing that thing. No, God is actually saying to us that, that we get to be the carriers of His kingdom. That we get to bring the good news Everywhere you go in this world, and it's, gonna, it's not just going to be where you're at. It's going to continue to expand and grow and multiply and go out until the entire world has had the gospel preached. And, and, the, and it says, uh, as a witness to the nations. That means the nations are going to get to witness the good news, the gospel of the kingdom in their midst. Come on. That is awesome. So guess what? We can, we can let the negativity of the, the, the narrative that's swirling around us, we can come into that and, and we can allow it to impact us and become lethargic, become hopeless, um, believe that, that we've lost every influence we're going to have and how can, how can we believe for great things? We can do that. But that's exactly what the enemy is hoping for because he's afraid of you. All this stuff that's happening is because Satan 
hates God and he hates you and he's scared of Christ. He's scared of the Christ in you. And he knows that if we stay anchored to truth, yoked and in, in, in union with Jesus, he can't stand against it. He cannot keep the kingdom from expanding into all the territories that he thought that he had control over. That's good news. Thank you, Jesus, for that. So I, I just want to say this again. His kingdom is advancing, okay? Jesus, you, you listen, you read all the different places where Jesus preached in, in the Gospels, and he talks about preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Everywhere he goes. When he was getting ready to get crucified, um, he was meeting with Pilate, and he said this, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this world. And, and so Jesus is just kind of trying to let us know that, that if we're part of his kingdom, we need to not get caught up in all the affairs of this world going on. His kingdom is superior. It's separate. It's holy. It's beyond all this stuff. And, and if his kingdom were of this world, which I think a lot of people want to try to make it that, he said, my servants would fight. Man, Jesus knew. But, but, and Pilate said, are you a king then? Jesus said, you say rightly that I'm a king. Come on, Jesus is the king. Amen. Amen? Amen. He's the king of his kingdom. He's our king, and we're part of his kingdom. That's amazing. And, and, and you know, he, he knows that we're not part of this humanity. We're not part of this earthly system trying to build an earthly empire. And that's what we get caught up under, is trying to, trying to make it work in that realm. That's not the kingdom that we're from. And, and we're not supposed to fight in human terms for his kingdom. Um, it says... I forgot, I think it's in 2 Corinthians. It says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or human empowered. All right? They're not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. People who are doing crazy things right now in this world that are, that are bringing damage to things that we, that we know are good, they're not necessarily bad in nature, but they're, but they're being influenced by Satan's kingdom, he's trying to deceive them into doing these things. And we need to believe that we can pull down strongholds that are influencing people and doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Ephesians 6, 12 says, We don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers and, and rulers of darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's that second heaven realm we're talking about. All right? That's... We're not trying to battle with people. We need to know where our, where our battle is. Yeah, that's true. Um, Jesus went about preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay? And, and in, in Matthew four sixteen, it talks about how Jesus came. And there's a prophetic word in the Old Testament by Isaiah that said, it's talk about Jesus coming. It says, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. In this time, there are a lot of people sitting in darkness, in the shadow of death. And Jesus wants us to know that the kingdom is at hand. And He needs us to be the carriers of that kingdom. To be the carriers of His truth. The carriers of His love and His glory so that the light can dawn on the people who are sitting in hopelessness and don't think there's anything good coming. That's you and me. That's what God needs from us. Luke 4.43, Jesus said, I must, preach the gospel, or, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also because for this purpose I have been sent. It was for His purpose to bring the kingdom. Guess what? Jesus has not stopped. He's not stopped. He's not done with his job here on this earth. He's given it to us. And in Matthew 4, um, 23 through 25, 
Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel, which is good news. It's not what you're getting on the internet. It's not what you're getting on your cable stations. Preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing all kinds of disease and sickness among the people. His fame went throughout all Syria. And they brought to him all the sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon possessed, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him. Come on. I want to tell you that, that when people see who Jesus really is, the uncompromised Jesus, the hope filled Jesus, the kingdom advancing Jesus. The all-inclusive, I love them all, unconditional love kind of Jesus. When people see this Jesus, people are drawn to Him. Even in in times of darkness. Even in times, yes, especially in a time like right now. People need hope. People need to see Christians demonstrate the true version of the church. Not religion, not, not watered-down religion. They need to see the Christ in you, and it'll draw people. Not everybody, but it'll draw people to the Christ that's in you. I don't know if you guys know who Sean Foyt is, but he's, a, he's an amazing worship leader. He's really connected with the Bethel movement. Um, he actually tried to run for uh, a governmental office position in California. I forgot which position it was, but I don't think it happened. But I just love it because he's just trying to go after any way he can bring the kingdom into levels of influence. And, and he's made a crazy stand for Christ in this time um, on the West Coast, especially, but other places. And I, I know that some people don't like what he's doing, and I'm, I, I'm not... I'm okay if, if, you, if you have a problem with that. But, but he's, he's bringing the kingdom, though. And recently they went to the, what is that place in Seattle? Do they call it Chaz or Chad? What is it called? Chop, Chop Chaz, Chad. Whatever they call that, that rebellious place of anarchy. The, it's, not, it's not good. But, but I love it. Instead of them going there to condemn them, they went there to bring the love of Christ and worship. And, and there are so many people that gathered there and they worship. And heaven came. And, and people who hate the gospel, they hate Christ, came to surround them. There were, there were Satanists and witches and all kinds of people of different organizations coming there to persecute them. And they, they broke some of their equipment. And every time they'd do something that wasn't nice, they just lifted their celebration all the louder. I don't know if you heard this. I I saw a video where somebody who didn't like them was filming it, and he's cussing and stuff, and he said every time we do something uh, mean to them or whatever, they just get happier. (laughs) And it was crazy. Like only Jesus can put that kind of a heart in people. But but Sean Foyt posted this testimony um, after all that. He said a Satanist in Seattle became born again after attending the Let Us Worship night on Sunday. And Pastor Nathan from Seattle confirmed it. Jesus loves Satanists. <laughs> That's amazing. He does love Satanists. He loves everybody. He loves those who hate him. And, and, and then we've got some friends here in Indianapolis that have a ministry called 420s Ministries, and they go out and evangelize and they're walking in the power, guys. If you, don't, if you ever get a chance to be around them, you're going to be impacted by them. Uh, they're, they're good friends of mine. Uh, but they've been going out, and they, they've been hanging out in downtown Indy and stuff lately. But, uh, but, but th- I heard that they were saying that since all this has been happening, it is so much easier for people to get saved than they've ever seen. Come on. That's amazing. Thank you, Lord. So we're, in a, we're in a real unique time right now. And, and we, we need to believe that we can stand strong in the kingdom and it's going to impact the world around us despite everything that's going on. And people are, people are desperate for something to anchor faith to and hope to. And, and we need to determine if we're going to carry ourselves in the way that's going to give the world around us what they're actually looking for. If we come under that stuff, then, then we have let that influence us. And we've compromised.
the kingdom of God. All right. We have a unique opportunity. I, I was talking to my friend Tony Costa a few days ago. He's the pastor of Re- Revive the World in Greenwood. And he was just he was just mentioning this verse that's been on his heart where Jesus said, take heed, beware, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. And when Jesus was saying that, what he was saying is beware that you don't come under the influence of the religious spirit and of the political spirit. And, and Tony was just saying this about it, that the, those spirits, the political spirit, the religious spirit, they try to get you to choose a side to get on and to pick a side to be against. Sure. Well, that's not really what Jesus is here trying to do. He's not trying to get us to, to be all about being against somebody else. It's about, it's about being for the king and the kingdom and being for the people to bring that to them. To all people, Jesus extended the cross to every person. In the kingdom of God, we're not Republicans or Democrats. We're kingdom people, and, and we need to embrace what Jesus has called us to be. we got to choose what leavens us. You can choose the leaven of the Pharisees or the leaven of Herod by, by what you're feasting on and what you're... What, what you're Voice, what you're taking a stand for, right? But, but Jesus said there's another leaven. And Jessica mentioned this earlier, Matthew 13, 33. She didn't know I was going to say all this. I thought that was neat. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. See, leaven is yeast, and, and you can take a little bit of it and put it in the dough or, or whatever, whatever the, the ingredients are to make the bread, you put it in there and you work it in and it spreads. And, and when it spreads and it multiplies itself, you cannot reverse that. Like, like after it multiplies, you cannot make it go back. It is an ir- irreversible force. It, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's a force to be reckoned with. It, you cannot change the effects of the yeast, okay? So whether it's the religious spirit, the political spirit, that stuff grows and it, and it infects us and it's not good. But, but there's the leaven of the kingdom, okay? And it can change those other leavens because this one is dominating everything. The kingdom of heaven is the goodness of God, okay? And, and when it gets in us, it, it grows in us and it, it overtakes everything else. And it doesn't stop growing if we allow it to have its space, Okay? But, but it's not just within our own hearts. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven. It's spreading, it's spreading, it's growing, it's advancing the kingdom. It does not retract. It only grows anywhere that it can land that will receive its power. Okay? That's amazing. The leaven spreads. I'm getting close to being done. All right? Isaiah 9, 6 through 7 is my favorite verse for the core value that his kingdom is advancing. It's a prophecy about Jesus coming. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. This started with Jesus coming to the earth, bringing his kingdom. He's advanced his government, not the governments of this earth. The government of the kingdom of God advances and says from that time forward, even forever. There will be no end to the increase. He's not halting it. He's not hitting the brakes on it. 2020 has nothing on God. All right? God's got big plans. The gospel of the kingdom will go to the ends of the earth, and they will be witnesses of this gospel of the kingdom. Come on. My personal challenge in this time for me has been, because I do pay attention to a lot of the stuff. I don't want to do it for the sake of getting caught up in it. I want to do it so I can know what, what kind of kingdom stands I can make on these things, so I can know where to anchor the truth to, to not partner with that stuff, but to help people know how to point to the kingdom on this. That's, that's why I spend any, any time I focus on it. Um, but 
If you've ever read a book called God's Generals, each chapter is about amazing revivalists and reformers of the kingdom of God who have brought pioneering impact to the advancement of the kingdom of God on this earth. And and one of my favorites is Smith Wigglesworth, who, who was a guy who was illiterate. He couldn't read, but somehow miraculously, God gave him the ability to read the word of God. Somebody who couldn't read. The Lord unlocked his ability to read the scriptures. Why would God teach him how to read by the scriptures and nothing else? Because he didn't want it to be influenced and mixed with all the inferior stuff that this world provides. And he had such a conviction about keeping himself pure to the word. He didn't even allow newspapers into his home because he didn't want it to tarnish anybody in his home. I think that's amazing. I'm not saying that we have to go that full on it. However, I'll bet most of us, if not all of us, could probably use a nice cleansing fast from social media and anything that the, any media of the world puts out. I'll bet you that that would be a great thing. I know it would be for me. Um, but I, I think that the main thing that I want to encourage us with today as I'm wrapping this up is I want to call on us as God's people to keep our eyes on the prize, to keep our eyes lifted to heaven, to draw from heaven as our influencing source, to anchor on his word, to not uh, allow the, the noise and the, and the static and the disturbance of the atmosphere around us to, to be the influencing force in us, but to stay focused on Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit, on the cross and the resurrection, on the kingdom of God, that we're seated in that place and we get to bring heaven to earth, for us to believe that His kingdom is still advancing and and the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. That we've got to believe if we don't anchor ourselves to these things and not be moved we, we need to be rooted and grounded in the love of Christ so that we will not be swayed in anything coming around us. The world needs to see the church, the body of Christ, the Christians who, who they think are a bunch of weak people. They need to see the true strength in us, guys. And we've got it. And we can do this. We can change things in our environment by releasing heaven on earth. I love you guys. I'm going to close with this verse, and and then we're gonna we're gonna wrap up. I, I'm actually after I close with this verse, I'm gonna have Seth and Carlos come for just a quick moment, just to release something over you guys, and then that'll be our closing. This is the verse I want to release over you, Romans 15:13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Good news.